good afternoon and welcome to Afternoon Tea. I'm so glad that you've joined me today for another episode. Today we're going to be talking about relationships. Um, first of all, I just want to address some of the feedback from my last podcast, which was all about uh, careers and futures. So I had some really amazing feedback. Um, so many of you were so kind um, and really enjoyed it and just, you know, uh, had a chat with me about what your plans are for the future or what you're thinking about doing. Maybe things have changed in your life. Um, however, of course, it's important for me to address all feedback. So I had um, one of my friends message me saying that she felt like uh, what I'd said was some was coming from a place of privilege. Obviously, this was in no way her um, having a go at me. But um, I thought that it would be good for me to address that because I um, recognise it and I also just wanted to clarify a couple of things. Um, so when I was talking about um, being able to not work for a few months of, um, like, when I finish uni, so if I decide to do volunteer work um, because there's no job that is paid that I am interested in, obviously... Um, I thought I made it clear, perhaps not well enough. I was trying to essentially say that I have worked for, like, I worked through college and I work at uni and I was working this summer until an incident <laughs> happened at my job, but I have worked for essentially the last three years. So the only reason why I would be able to take a few months off is because I have uh, money from when I've been working th- through and like alongside my studies so yeah I just wanted to make it clear that I do have a very comfortable lifestyle I absolutely know that and I'm very grateful for it but I would not be able to volunteer um for a few months and not get paid unless I had the uh backup income from my job uh well jobs from from the last few years so yeah I just wanted to make that clear I apologize if it came across that way that I was essentially saying get your parents to fund your lifestyle that is not it at all um I wouldn't be able to afford that I don't know anyone who would be able to afford that um I'm just saying that if you it's obviously it's it's a personal experience so I was saying that from my position and I do know a lot of people who also have jobs working through uni or just work themselves and they don't go to uni if you um feel like you want to go and uh, take an opportunity but you're you know it's not going to be paid then if you have been working, if you have the ability to do that because of your financial situation whereby you have a part-time job and have extra money um, that you've saved up, then I would definitely say take that opportunity if you think that that's calling you. So yeah, just wanted to clear that up. Um, Apologies if anyone else thought that or it came across as very conceited. Obviously, I recognise that and I will try my best in the future to be clearer um, and or uh, maybe not mention things that could be quite upsetting for people who maybe don't have uh, the ability to work while studying. So yeah, I just wanted to clear that up before we begin. Um, so today we're going to be talking about relationships. Um, this is probably going to be quite a long episode, but it's something that I really want to talk about. So I'm I'm sort of okay with that. We're going to be talking about friendships, family relationships and romantic relationships today. Um, I do also want to put a trigger warning out, um, 
just because there will be talk about uh sort of manipulation and some some I wouldn't say abuse necessarily but it could be quite triggering for you so if you know that you've either been in toxic relationships um with friends if you've had partners who haven't treated you well or even if your family situation isn't great and you're not in the best state of mind please please don't listen to this episode until you are healed or you're working through it because I don't want you to um put yourself in a vulnerable position and I the the last thing that I want to do is for you to be upset when these topics come up so that's what we're going to be talking about um I also just want to say that I'm not an expert in any way at all uh I um this is literally all just a personal personal experiences and things I've learned and I'm going to be quite um I guess it might be quite personal to me there'll be some stories I'll share but um nothing that you know would be of any alarm or anything any concern so that is what's going to happen. I also have a lovely cup of flower power tea with me this morning. This is my birthday tea uh, that I got last Tuesday um, for my 19th from my brother. So get comfortable, relax, pour yourself a nice drink and let's get into it. So the first thing we're going to be talking about is family relationships. And the thing I want to say from the outset with family relationships is that your family know a version of you but that doesn't mean that they know everything about who you are I think this is a really interesting idea just because I I think that we're all told that our family know us the best that our parents know us better than anyone else and don't get me wrong like your parents definitely do know so much about you what your needs are um and whatnot however parents and carers um, the people who look after us, our guardians, they don't know everything about us. They know a version of us that quite often is based on things that we did when we were younger or um, behaviours that we might have displayed at a certain point in our life. Um, and so, yes, they know us, but they don't know maybe the true version of ourselves, the version that only we know or that only a close friend or a close partner knows. So I just wanted to say that... Um, I've spent so long, I think, being like, oh, all the assumptions, all the things that my family say to me are things that I am. Like if they say, oh, like you're you're very bossy or like you're you're very this, you're very that, whatever it may be, you know, obviously in no way in malice, but just as a comment, I've always been like, oh no, like I'm I must be all these things. In reality, when when I speak to friends, um, and they talk about you know, when you have a discussion with your friend about your personality or what you're like as a person, those things never come up. People always say that I'm actually very cautious or um, I have ideas of things that I'd like, but I'm quite easygoing and flexible. So, it yeah, it's interesting the way that your family perceive you um, and how that's different to how uh, your friends and partners perceive you. So, yeah, I just wanted to say that from the beginning um I also think this links on to an idea of um unconditional love so because um you know you are you know with carers and guardians and family that um if they've been in your life for a long time depending on your circumstances that generally speaking they're they sort of love you unconditionally and you can say what you want or you can do what you want obviously within reason but you know they're not going to judge you and they're not going to love you any less if you do something wrong or if you say something uh bad so I think that this means that um 
especially when you're in a situation with arguments. Arguments can escalate very quickly and we say things without thinking because we presume what this is rightly or wrongly that we can say anything to our families. So this means that our carers and our guardians do see like the most extreme versions of ourselves I'd say like the things I don't particularly like about myself like how stubborn I can be or how strong-willed I can be those are things that my family see that not that not in um you know not that they should but when if if something happens like there's some sort of disagreement then it's easy to go into those extremes and to reveal the sort of the the parts about yourself that you maybe maybe aren't as pleasant and I think that that's a lot of what their assumptions about us can be based on because you wouldn't show that to anyone else and also you know out of respect for them and also just because you know you're their friend you're not it's you're there's there's boundaries which have been set um but it's it's easy for a family to think they're a certain way because with with them we're able to say or maybe we feel able to say a lot more even if it's not everything, a lot more than we would with other people. So that's why their perceptions might be slightly different of us. Um, I think that I've learned that like family relationships, when you're in a situation with the people that you've grown up with, you know, uh, siblings or carers, maybe grandparents, aunts and uncles, it can be quite hard to grow as a person in that situation because of the boundaries that have already been set you know, if you've always been labelled lazy as a child, then if you're living at home until you're in your late teens or early 20s, I think that it may affect how you grow out of this label or that you try to prove that you aren't the same as how you were when you were younger. Because every time you do something, um, let's say that you, you get out of bed early to, you know, be like, I don't want to, I don't want everyone to think I'm lazy. I'm going to start getting out of bed a bit earlier. And you try to, but it goes sort of unrecognized because perhaps like the, you know, the, the preconception of who you are as a person is already sort of decided. Um, and I think that the idea with people flourishing when they go to university or when they leave home, um, personally, I, I didn't really understand it before. I was like, how can you, change that much just by leaving home but genuinely I think it is just like the different surroundings and new people it means that you're all the things about yourself that you know the things that you did as a teenager like the annoying habits and stuff that you wanted to grow out of because you're at home and you've always been in that situation and you learn those habits in that home it's harder to get rid of them in that home but the minute you leave it's easier to um to sort of grow and learn from them I mean I don't know if anyone else found this I would really love to um speak to you about this in fact I would be very interested in having someone on even to talk about their experiences with this idea because I found that a lot for myself when I was um living at home uh in my last year of A-levels uh especially I found myself getting quite frustrated like um just quite easily annoyed and irritable and like just just sort of like a little bit on edge because there was so much stress so then like it sort of became my routine to be stressed about my a-levels and then I was also like it was projecting it into everything else and the minute I left home all of that just like cleared and I was able to just like it just went away which was really great because then it meant that when I came back home to visit my family and especially over lockdown as well like the irritability just doesn't isn't there anymore which I think is really amazing I'm very happy with um but yeah I definitely think that you know with family relationships if you're struggling with your parents or with siblings or you know whoever your whoever your close family are 
um, quite often spending time alone even if that is just like maybe a walk once a day if you're not able to move out then going for a walk and reflecting can really really help you try and get rid of some of the you know the patterns that you've grown into yeah that's what I've just that's what I've been reflecting on um I also think in family something that isn't really spoken about is boundary setting which is so important. I read Florence Given's book, uh, Women Don't Owe You Pretty. And she speaks a lot about uh, boundaries. And I'll go on to speak about this in other relationships. But especially with family relationships, um, we don't, we, we're never taught to set boundaries because obviously, like, that's just something you don't really grow up with. So, a common example of this, which I read about, was um, as a child, uh, if if you have a parent who's tickling you or someone's tickling you in your family and you say to them stop stop and they don't stop then um that's that's almost like a boundary being broken obviously it's a very minor thing but then because because that sort of is set then there's there's very few boundaries which are created within the family setting so it's harder to be to say what your needs are to people in your family as you get older and i think this is very true because you're so familiar with each other that you know as I said before like there's unconditional love you can say or do anything and it will it will be forgiven you know you'll have to apologize if you've done something bad but you'll be forgiven for the things that you say in anger but um if there aren't boundaries then it can be quite hard to sit down with someone and say oh I really don't like it when you do this it makes me feel uncomfortable do you mind not doing it again and when when we're in friendships and uh, intimate relationships it's hard enough to say that so imagine you know how hard it is to say that to your family the people who who you know are supposed to know you the best they're meant to know what your needs are you know but they no one does you have to you have to explicitly tell them I think but yeah it's so it's already so hard when you're in those um you know sort of out of family relationships so it makes it even harder when you're in a relationship with your with you know with your family and you're trying to tell them what you don't or do need um I have an example of this for example I sometimes find myself not really wanting physical touch from family members like even if it's just someone with their arm on the back of my chair sometimes it just makes me feel uncomfortable so I'll say do you mind not doing that and because you're so familiar with your family um a parent might think oh you're just being a bit touchy or you're just being a bit grumpy with them like I've I've received that and at first I was like oh maybe I am and then I realized I was like no sometimes I just don't want someone to do that and it's not meant to be offensive in any way but because they're family it's different to a friend you know like if I said that to a friend a friend would be like oh yeah of course I'll take my hand off your chair with family it's like what's the big deal do you know what I mean so yeah I I did manage to you know that's for obviously very minor but I, I basically said to my parents I was like if I say do you mind taking your hand off my chair I just don't want it to be there like it would just be irritating me you know, that's just like a boundary. I don't want people in my personal space. And they're absolutely fine with it. But um, yeah, it's really interesting, the idea of boundary setting within the family, because we never really think about it because we're so close with them. Um, likewise, um, the same the same way that I can be, you know, say, oh, don't don't do this. Uh, and they'll respond maybe not the way I want them to. Um, the same goes with me, because... 
I um if like I said if you retain your mood swings then your parent might say something to them and then suddenly you revert back to your teenage self of like snapping or something doing something ridiculously you know you know you might react harshly which was unnecessary and so I think it's important when we do that just to like apologize and just you know try and make an effort to to sort of unlearn the habits that we created for ourselves as children and as teenagers um you know it is important at the end of the day you'll have a much better relationship with your family if you learn to from the outset just you know try and try and treat each other with kindness um it is it is easy to just you know be in a bad mood with your family and you know they'll still love you no matter what but remember that you know they are people and you're you're still a person and everyone deserves respect so I would just say like if you find yourself reverting to these tendencies take some time out for yourself and have a little reflection you know think about what you can do better or if there is an issue with them what they could do better and then just you know go from there just be kind to each other basically um I would also say it's just a bit of advice like don't be afraid of setting clear boundaries with parents if you if you need to um if your parents aren't respecting your lifestyle choices or your romantic partner or whatever it may be a hobby a job whatever you need to tell them that that's not acceptable because yes they're your family and yes they will you know tell you what they think without any hesitation because you know that's just what families do they're very honest with each other but at the same time there is a line and if someone is disrespecting you and respect disrespecting your choices and that's not okay and you need to make that clear and likewise um you're allowed to want different things to your parents and you're allowed to have a different way of living but you need to respect that when you're under their roof you need to be supportive of how they choose to live because you would want the same respect if your parents have a certain way of, um, I don't know, maybe they cook a certain way or they do things at a certain time or they have like traditions as a family, whether that's like, you know, eating at a certain time on a Sunday or uh, what time you're home, if you're, you know, still at uni, then I think that it's important to respect it because if they were coming into your house uh, or your living situation, you would want them to not judge you and equally you should extend the same thing to them while you're under their roof um obviously this is this is all in the context of things which are acceptable if you have family members who don't treat you well or are somewhat abusive then obviously this that's completely different but I'm just saying that in a situation where you're similar to myself um a student or you've moved out uh you need to set boundaries with your family about what's acceptable and likewise you need to respect them and respect how they live and it's okay um also to enjoy being apart from your family you know if you have even if you have strains at home or even if there aren't any strains at home if you just feel yourself growing and becoming a better person when you live by yourself then it is absolutely okay to enjoy that and to like being apart from family you know i don't think i know anyone who's um par- whose parents wouldn't say oh you know oh my parents are getting a bit grumpy in their middle age about your grandparents like that tends to happen and they probably think to themselves oh I'm glad I didn't li- I'm glad I didn't live with them you can love people um you can adore spending time with them but also like the version of yourself uh when you aren't with them you know I think that's really important like I love being with my family I love being home 
over quarantine it's been really nice to see them but equally I like the version of myself that's more independent at university that um you know at times is able to just sort of get on with stuff rather than having a family discussion about it because I am quite I am sort of I mean I'm I'm I do like working in teams but I do <laughs> I do prefer to do stuff by myself so yeah I love the version of myself and my family and I love being able to be looked after but um I'm really enjoying the person I'm growing into and so that's just what I want to say so yeah in summary uh, in relation to family relationships set boundaries look after yourself respect each other and um yeah stand up for yourself and what you want and what you uh do with your life because that is your choice and your family should respect that completely as long as you aren't doing anything that's harmful to yourself or others but you know within within the ba- those boundaries whatever you do uh everyone should be supported of i think and likewise you should be with them um so i'm going to move on to friendships now and i think this is an interesting topic so i will go off quite a lot of my own experience for this one get strapped in uh it's going to be a bit of a roller coaster ride so this one i'm going to start as more of a bit of a story i guess and i'll just sort of explain because there is one overriding message for this um section earlier this year i was in therapy for about five months or so just to deal with some issues that I was having and I learned something which I thought was really crazy and it was about myself. So I had a situation uh, where I needed to calmly confront a friend about a problem in our relationship and I was really scared. So I plucked up the courage to do it and I addressed the issue and I realised something life-changing. Over the course of my life, I've had friendships where I really like a person but then when they do something to upset me, I can't talk to them about it and confront them because I'm too scared. So instead, I'll just carry on as normal uh, because of my fear of saying anything. And then eventually I start to dislike them and I find them irritating because I obviously have this issue that's on my mind. So when I'm spending time with them, everything's dampened by this issue. Um, So, yeah, I'll for for small reasons aren't even their fault. I'll just start to dislike them. You know, it's absolutely nothing to do with them. However, the minute I sorted out this, uh, you know, I actually for the first time said to a friend, oh, this is upsetting me, can we talk about it? Like, it was unbelievable. The The cycle had been broken, essentially. And I realised that um, all the friends over my the course of my life who I've had, they were all great people and we had healthy relationships, but I ended up almost, I wouldn't say ruining the relationship, but sort of t- um, tainting it because of my own fear. And honestly, it was genuinely the epiphany that I had. It was like God had given me, had had given, finally given me the realisation I needed. Like over the years, he's just been saying, here's a friend, here's a situation. Let's see how you handle it. Probably since I was about maybe like eight or nine years old, this has been happening every few years. So here's another situation. How are you going to handle it? And every time I've just been avoiding and avoiding and avoiding. And finally, I was able to do it this year. So I'm really proud of myself for, a, for being able to break that cycle and simply by just expressing my needs and what I want out of our friendship. So that's something I'm really proud of. Um, there are also some things that I've learned as a friend um, which can apply to, I guess, family and also intimate relationships. You're a friend and not a counsellor. It is not your job to take care of someone at such a young age, let alone any age. 
And if someone's, someone's issues begin to drain you or mentally impact you, set boundaries around what you speak about. This was exactly the issue that I was having. Um, I wasn't doing so well myself at the time, as I said, like I was going through therapy and I found it really hard to take on someone else's issues and try and help them uh, solve it. It was taking a lot, just a lot of strength for me to do that and it really wasn't right and it was affecting me quite a lot. And it sounds so ridiculous, but it was groundbreaking that all I had to do was say, this is how I'm feeling. I really love you as a friend, but I'm a bit, you know, I'm just not feeling my best. So I would like, I would like some alone time. <clears throat> that was all I had to do to rectify the situation. You know, it's unbelievable. Sorry, just having a sip of my lovely tea there. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I really, I couldn't believe it that, um, all these fears I've had over the years of having friendships where all of a sudden something goes wrong and then I, I can't I can't see the pe- person the same way again. It was literally down to me not telling them what I need out of our friendship. And um, <clears throat> that's what you need to do as well. Like, you're not a trained expert. You have no degree in uh, psychology unless you do. In that case, that's it's still not your job to counsel people for free. But it's not it's not your purpose in a friendship i think that friendships are meant to be loving and nurturing and you're meant to support each other but you're also meant to have fun and you you deserve to have a friendship that brings you happiness if you're if a friend um is bringing you their problems and it starts to weigh down on you then you need to say something because that's that's not right and equally they wouldn't want you to feel like that you know um, I wouldn't want someone to feel like that with me. I've done this is this has happened to me myself. I've been in a situation where um, <clears throat> someone's had to set boundaries with me because I have just been oversharing essentially. And I wouldn't. I would never want one of my friends to feel like that. And your friend wouldn't either. So if you're having that sort of problem with someone, then you need to tell them, and they'll respect you. And if they don't, if they say that you're being harsh or um, you're not being supportive, then you need to say. I I have been supportive, I am still supportive, but um, I need to take care of myself first. And, you know, anyone who doesn't uh, respect you for saying that, then you might want to reconsider whether or not they're as good a friend as you thought they were, because a real friend would never be upset with you for needing some time, you know? Um, something else I've learnt over the years about being a friend is that you can be a friend to someone and still call them out. If you, if you have a friend who's participating in unhealthy behaviours, then you have a duty to sit them down and let them know your concerns. You don't have to be the mother, you don't have to boss them around, but letting people walk into bad situations or allowing rude and offensive behaviour to go unchecked is wrong. Um, I want friends who call me out and help me become a better person. And I do, like I said, with my last podcast episode, I made a mistake and one of my friends literally just sent me a message about it and I really appreciate that. For so many years of my life, and I'm sure for yours too, you never know when to tell someone that something they're doing is wrong. Maybe they're um, in a toxic relationship, but, um, you know, you feel like it's not your place to say something. Or maybe they're, I mean, even in extreme circumstances, maybe they are the toxic person in a relationship, but they're your friend and you, you know, you feel like you have to stick by them. A true friend is someone that, in has the great times with you but also helps you grow as a person and no one's going to be growing if all you're doing is just allowing each other to get away with things or being complicit 
in the negative things that you do and you know you can obviously one should recognize them for themselves like you can tell you should be able to tell yourself when you're starting to be slightly toxic to someone or if you're in something that's quite unhealthy or you're doing um things that are bad for yourself and your mental health and your physical well-being but friends are there to help you with that and you know it's important to tell someone it's important to tell someone that they aren't doing well. Like, I, I never used to when I was younger. I was always scared of doing it. But um, now I think that probably one of the things I have to offer as a friend is that I am honest with people and I won't just um, tell them that what they're doing is completely acceptable if I genuinely think that it's going to harm them. I've um, I've had friends tell me this. It's something that I've worked on myself because it is to do with confrontation. That's something that I'm very scared of and wary of. But I've had, I had a friend tell me the other day, she was like, um, you're the person I come to for um, advice on things because I know that you're not just going to tell me what I want to hear. You're going to tell me what like I'll need and what's going to actually benefit me in the long term. And genuinely, that was one of the nicest compliments I've ever had because it's something that I... Um, I've really been working on and equally it's something that I try and I try and be honest with people so that they'll be honest with me too you know if you create that uh, safe space where you can trust each other uh, to give you the right advice then it, I think it creates a better relationship and helps you um, flourish as a person so yeah I think that you should absolutely like check your friends if they do something that worries you or that you don't think is right discuss it with them tell them that you're you know not sure about it and see see what they have to say it doesn't always mean that you're right or it doesn't always mean that they're right but it's good to discuss it anyway it's good to speak to people about things like that and also uh, the last thing I have to say with friendships is that it's okay to outgrow friendships <sighs> even just saying that honestly it makes me somewhat emotional um, because it has happened to me before and equally I've done this uh, to other people too you know, it's it's hard to admit that maybe you aren't meant to be friends with someone anymore. Maybe, like, your paths are different, your interests have changed, and that's okay. Um, I've never really lived somewhere for a long time. I've only, you know, the longest I've stayed in one place, I think, is about five years. So, five and a half years, six years? Yeah, maybe six years. So, um, I've not really had friends that I've kept since I was a child, but... I find this sort of cropping up in the people around me. And equally, it doesn't matter how long you've been friends with someone. You know, if if you aren't meant if you aren't really enjoying your friendship with them, then it's okay to not be their friend anymore. But especially people who've had friends since they were children, you know, you've you've known each other your whole lives, you know everything about each other. Um but I f I find that like people maybe they find it hard to say to someone, Oh, I you know, I'm I don't really find that we have many interests in common anymore maybe someone is you know you've got a childhood friend who suddenly got into what you would consider like dangerous behavior or is living a lifestyle that you don't really want to live it's okay to to recognize that and to to know that both of you will be better without the other one in your lives at that moment because at the end of the day like just as much as you don't want to be in a friendship with someone who um is very different to you and uh, that you don't really get on with and you don't really enjoy spending time with, they're probably not going to want to be friends with you if when you do spend time together, you just seem a bit down or like you're not feeling great or you're nervous or 
you're on edge, you know, anything, you know, like you're just as much as you may feel that their, their energy is bringing you down. This it's reciprocal. You're, you're doing the same thing by continuing to be in a friendship that you don't really want to be in and don't really have much interest in being in. So I would, I would say that it's okay to outgrow friendships. I think it's okay to tell someone that you care for them and you hope that they do well for themselves, but that you don't want them to be in your life anymore. Um, if you genuinely don't enjoy spending time with someone, then let them know kindly. Um, you're, but um, you, you know, you don't want to ghost them. That's one thing that is definitely not a good idea. Just not speaking to someone and then you just suddenly disappear because, especially if they're a very close friend, they may be worried um, that they've done something wrong and it can cause anxiety, or maybe there might even be an argument about what's happened. But you're allowed to choose who you give your energy to. It is a privilege to know you as a person. And if you're spending time with someone who uh, either doesn't appreciate you or, you know, is just quite draining to be around and you don't want to be in that relationship anymore, then you can end it. You can end the friendship. Don't leave them anxious. Don't leave them wondering. Just drop them a text if they say you've been a bit um, distant recently. What's going on? Just say you know, I just, I just don't feel that we're as close anymore. And I think that we're going our separate ways. It's almost like a friend breakup, which is, is, is quite sad. But um, you'll both be better off without it. If you genuinely don't enjoy someone's company, then chances are they're probably going to be struggling with the version of you that doesn't enjoy, enjoy spending time with them, you know, so be honest with yourself. Don't make any like hasty decisions or start sending out messages to all your baby group telling them how you don't like them. I definitely wouldn't recommend that. But um, yeah, I I really I really appreciate it. It's happened to it's only happened to me once before. Um, but a friend just basically said like, um, we we don't see each other that much anymore, and when we do, it's not the same. It's just a bit awkward. We don't have much in common. And I was like, you know what? You're completely right. And yeah, we might still you know uh, interact with each other on social media or occasionally um you know I'll I'll see her and we'll just give each other a wave and you know there's nothing not nice about it but it's just simply admitting that maybe maybe you want to focus your time and energy elsewhere and that's completely fine and I was completely okay with it and I was like yeah absolutely fine I wish you all the best and I'll see you around and it's not forever your paths may you know bump into one another again you may see see them and suddenly so much has changed and you've got so much in common but um, you're allowed to choose at any point in your life who you want to be spending time with. So don't ever doubt that. Don't ever question yourself for, you know, wanting to protect yourself. Oh, lovely tea. Honestly, it's so delicious. Right. The last thing, and perhaps the biggest thing that we're going to be talking about is um, romantic relationships. Now, I wasn't, I honestly wasn't sure whether or not to turn this into two podcasts because this one is quite big um but we'll get started with it like I said this is going to be a longer episode and we'll see how we go feel free to pause here and go and have a loo break make yourself some more tea or even just come back to this another day because I know that this topic is the entire topic that we've been speaking about on this podcast is quite hard and it's quite heavy so yeah if you if you're not in the mental state for it right now absolutely go and take some time for yourself so First thing I say about romantic relationships is that they are put on a pedestal as being the best type of relationship and I don't agree with that philosophy at all. Um, As you can tell by the way that I've been speaking so far, um, the rules for different types of relationships apply 
um like they're all the same basically boundary setting is what's important and that applies to both friendships and family relationships um being honest applies to both friendships and relationships uh, family relationships and the same goes for romantic relationships romantic relationships are very hard to navigate as a young person which is why i think they're put on a pedestal um boundaries and codependency adapting your lifestyle to someone else and like a whole host of other things come with romantic relationships which is why they can bring a stress or pressure to your life which most people will find overwhelming at times i think that it would be quite crazy to for any any person to say oh i've never found a romantic relationship like remotely stressful or overwhelming um and i think that people think that because you feel this sort of stress that the benefits of being in a romantic relationship make them better than other relationships but that it's just like it's just not right you know and sometimes the stress can outweigh the good things not all the time but sometimes that can be the case which can lead to breakups and who's been there all along your family and your friends and those relationships have been consistent and loving and not toxic at all so you know it's just like it, romantic relationships are, I think are the same they they don't need to be put on this pedestal and obviously they are and to an extent I, I find sometimes uh if I am single I'm like oh it'd be nice to you know it'd be nice to be seeing someone but it's we shouldn't we shouldn't do that because at the end of the day it's just the same it's just connection with people and yeah there are some aspects which are different to um, other relationships but the rules for maintaining them are essentially the same um so what I've learned about romantic relationships firstly again you are not a therapist but this is even more important in a romantic relationship I just want to say you can't fix someone even if you want to it's not realistic when you're in a relationship with someone you're there to support them and to bring happiness to their life and of course you should be able to confide in them and they in you and it helps build intimacy uh, within a relationship if you're able to open up about things that maybe you don't speak to um, other people about however if you're struggling with a mental health issue if you're engaging in self-harming behaviors or anything else then you need to take it upon yourself to recognize that no one is equipped to heal you from these things and that it may damage your relationship and your partner's mental health if you expect things of them that they can't give you I'm not being funny, but I time and time again have seen friends and even I have been in situations where you're just completely expected to deal with someone else's mental health uh, problems or huge issues that you, you're you not able to deal with. Even from a young age, you know, there might be um, abuse in, in their life from somewhere or whether that's like physical, verbal, sexual, whatever the nature of it is, that's just, this is just an example, you're not equipped to deal with that. And likewise, they are not equipped to deal with your problems. I think that I spent a lot of my younger years um, thinking that that's exactly what I should expect from a partner, just because I'd never, like, I'd never gone to counselling, I'd never, um, like, received any help or diagnosis for issues I was dealing with, and so I was like, oh, like, this is normal, this is just what, like, this is what a partner should do, like, I was actively thinking that before I was even in relationships, because that's sort of what we're taught by the media, that, like, this person will fix everything, and I was so wrong, like, I was so, so wrong, it's so damaging, at any age but especially if you're a young person when you have so many hormones and so much going on yourself to then take on someone else's problems that you like you just can't you can't deal with like it's unfair and it's not right 
and like you deserve happiness out of your relationship like you don't deserve to be treated as a therapist so I just wanted to say from the outset I've been in both situations I've been both the receiver of a lot of um uh problems I've tried to fix myself and equally I've given out a lot of problems that people try had to try and fix themselves and it's just not right so yeah don't don't take it upon yourself don't feel that you have to be everything to them because you know if if we didn't need uh counselors therapists the mental health service on the NHS um private mental health services and facilities then they wouldn't exist if your partner was meant to do everything then these things wouldn't exist but they do exist because we need them and we need to rely on our partner for support but not to cure us and not to heal us um that being said obviously your partner should support you and shouldn't dismiss you at all so say for example that you're coming out of a depressive episode your partner shouldn't belittle your struggles uh, they should be cheer- cheering you on when you manage to get out of bed one day. Or if you feel like doing the dishes that have been on your mind, then they should be there being like, I'm so proud of you for doing this. You know, you can't be with someone who's like, oh, you got out of bed, congratulations, so is everyone else I know. You know, you need you need a balance between the two. To help solve the issues and resolve them, you need time and counselling and love but to help support you with the issues um, and celebrate your progress, that's when your partner comes in. Um, so if you're with someone who doesn't take it upon themselves to you know, recognise how well you're doing and how far you've come and how much you've grown, then I would say that's a bit of a warning sign because clearly they, um, you know, they don't, they don't um, recognize that you're really putting in the effort to be a better person for yourself and also to be a better partner to them and I think that's really important um another thing this is slightly different to um you know mental health and looking after one another don't forget your path even when you're in a relationship so people who anxiously attach themselves to a partner um, anxious attachment is they're constantly worried about being left or they're worried they're not good enough and they they tend to abandon themselves and their desires to ensure that a new partner likes them enough and so that they'll stay um, and this is just the worst this is the worst thing that you can do because you'll not only be unhappy uh, if you don't follow the dreams that you have but you'll start to be resentful of your partner because they'll be the reason why and ultimately it's not their fault that um <clears throat> that you've chosen to abandon your path it isn't their fault at all but it's just a natural feeling that resentment grows if um we can find someone to blame for a problem with that, that we're having with ourselves and our fulfillment for example you know, if you started uh, building a startup company in IT with a partner because they said they were really interested in IT and you didn't want to let them down, you would be unbelievably unhappy if your real path was to be a teacher. Like that is just ridiculous. And you may think that it would never go as extreme as that, but it all starts very small. So let's say that someone likes a certain type of music and then you like that certain type of music uh, because you want to impress them. Let's say that someone has a lot of knowledge about... Uh, the film industry or I don't know let's say economics and then all of a sudden like you know loads about film and you're really interested in economics and banking too because that's what they like like you're not giving yourself the respect you deserve 
by abandoning yourself and you know just choosing someone else's wants but also you know to your partner they may think that they found and you know it goes both ways as well so you know if you're doing it they're probably doing it to some extent too but you know if you're if you're portraying this version of yourself that isn't actually who you are then they think they found this amazing person oh my goodness they like economics and film and listen to the same music as me when in reality you don't at all and that's quite heartbreaking for them because you're essentially like lying to them and keeping the true version of yourself just out of fear that you that you won't be loved so to help with this I have a tip here check in with yourself and write a diary of your goals and interests this is what I do so I can see like when my wants or needs start to start to stray don't get me wrong like there is absolutely nothing wrong with growing in your relationship and taking on a hobby or a practice that your partner has um so for example my uh partner at the moment really loves cycling like he's been into it for years and um I decided to get a bike for my birthday so I've uh, I've been out with him once cycling and I'm going to do a bit more um because if it's something that he really enjoys I didn't you know from the beginning pretend that I like cycling I was like I don't really have much of an interest in cycling but it's something that he does that I would love to be a part of. Like, I'd like to see him when he's at his happiest, when he's, um, you know, feeling his strongest and fulfilled when he's on his bike. Like, that's something that I want to be able to experience with him and to, you know, celebrate with him. So that's why I've started doing cycling. And likewise, um, I've always wanted to take ballroom dancing classes, which is a bit of an odd one. Um, but he has been open to that and obviously we can't at the moment because we're doing long distance, but uh, we're going to start taking ballroom dancing classes when we're finally able to uh, break the distance permanently. And that's something that, you know, I love dance. I love music. He's not really that into it, but he wants to give it a go because he knows it's something I'm passionate about and he wants to do it with me. So, you know, there's a difference between lying to yourself about your wants and needs and trying something new and um it's really easy to find the difference you know if you're if you're just you know you can tell yourself when you're you know faking uh interests and faking a personality to someone to get them to like you just remember to um honor your loves honor your hobbies honor your um yourself and your personality because that's far more interesting than a carbon copy of your partner uh, when they might not actually have been looking for that in the first place. They might have wanted someone who's going to show them different things and give them their experiences, you know? So, um, something else I would say is, this is just from the beginning, in a relationship, the minute you start going out with someone, don't try to be someone else or hide parts of yourself. This is similar to the path, but I think it's, um, this is more, um, about like your building your relationship. Obviously there, there is an initial honeymoon phase when you start seeing someone where nothing bothers you and you're both unbelievably agreeable and everything's fine. But this, this starts to slip after a while. That being said, I know in myself that I would have saved so much time had I just been up front with someone and they had been with me. Um, like everyone has those sort of, you know, relationships where it's like, we're just so diff- different. 
but you've been together a year. One of my friends has recently gone through one of those like, oh, we're just so different. All oh, right, okay, but you've been together a year. So how, how are these differences suddenly an issue? And I think the reason is, is that we tend to hide parts of ourselves or we don't um, fully appreciate that maybe someone is very different to us and we do ourselves a disservice. I can tell you honestly now that up until this current relationship I'm in, where I spent, I spent time by myself before it and I spent a lot of time like figuring out how I was going to navigate my next relationship essentially being like I want to know this about them I want to make sure our values are somewhat similar I want to know what they're like as a person before I commit because I don't want to waste time up until this relationship every past relationship I've had would not have happened had I been truly honest about who I am and who they are and actually seen them for who they are and likewise you know like sometimes you just need to admit to yourself that yeah they're they might be a great person but you have very different lifestyles and that's not going to work because of your morals because your uh, values because of the way that you want to live as a person because of your hobbies because of your job whatever it is you need to be honest with yourself and you will thank yourself in the long term for not wasting time with someone who you could see after a few months it's like yeah we're very different this probably isn't going to work you know save yourself the time save yourself the heartbreak save yourself you know potentially arguments about personality conflicts and clashes and just honor that you know someone might be different to you and in not in the way that you like so I have a couple of examples of this of things that might be different things that you can't um overlook so for example let's say that um you start talking to someone they uh, are very confident but you're you really don't like arrogance and then it sort of develops into arrogance you might overlook this and say oh they're such a nice person though you know I really like them I like everything else be honest with yourself at that point and say I've always said that arrogance is something that I don't like is this genuinely a trait that I can overlook because this person has so many other things that I find desirable and that I want out of a partner or am I just you know you know a bit infatuated and in trying to cover up the fact that in reality I will be annoyed with it don't think about what your you know your life is going to be like in a few months time when you've when you get to go on holiday together think about what your life could potentially be like in a year's time when the honeymoon phase has died down everything is settled you're in love but you know it's just it's just calm and it's just good and it's constant if the arrogance is going to play a part in that then you need to end the relationship or you need to make clear to them that you're not interested in um going out with someone who has that tendency because it annoys you not that it's a bad tendency but it annoys you personally equally if you're going out if you start speaking to someone and they're like I go out every day and I do exercise at seven in the morning you might think to yourself well this is brilliant like maybe they could help me get into it but if you know in your heart of hearts that you absolutely hate getting up early in the morning then it might be endearing at first that they want to do that but after a year two years three years of them trying to get you out of bed every single morning they'll be annoyed with you because you don't want to do the same thing as them and they might think that you're lazy when obviously you're not and equally you'll be like why are you so obsessed with going out it's annoying like why can't we just spend more time together you know these things can arise and it all comes from um things that are prevalent personality traits and differences which are prevalent right at the beginning of a relationship which we just choose to ignore like that is just something 
yeah, it's we choose to ignore it because we've got all these hormones going and the infatuation is running wild when in reality they might not be the person for us. So there you go. That is another top tip. Um, ha- here it's going to get a little bit more personal. Again, as I said, there is a trigger warning. So um, you might want to assess whether or not you're ready to listen to this sort of things. So these are things that are toxic in a relationship. A lot of them are quite obvious, but I just think that it's important to talk about it. Uh, if someone's calling you a name when you're having an argument, if they're calling you uh, like a bitch or if they're using other words like derogatory words or words that they know that you'll find offensive, then they don't respect you. Because even if you get angry with someone and let's be honest, like everyone gets everyone gets upset. Everyone has arguments with their partners, with their family, with their friends. But if you truly love someone and they love you then you wouldn't want to hurt them or make them feel shit about themselves. This is something that I've really had to learn over the years. So, story time. Um, I used to be in, like, a brief relationship uh, where it was quite sort of chaotic, I would say. And whenever there was an argument, it would always resort to... uh, name calling and honestly um it just made me feel horrible about myself like I didn't realize it at the time but it broke down my self-esteem and made me feel like I wasn't really worthy of um respect because that's essentially what it was like it's just showing a lack of respect if over a small disagreement or even a big disagreement you treat your partner badly um in that way um, so something that I've really learned is that I like I can't and no one should you shouldn't you shouldn't um, just accept that behavior if your partner is um, not just expressing themselves and they're upset or they're not just a bit annoyed with you but they're actively calling you names and being disrespectful then you need to leave that is a red flag that something worse could ca- come down the line and you deserve so much more than verbal abuse because that's essentially what it is someone um putting you down calling you names is not right and you deserve a lot better than that like if you're in that situation now trust me you deserve so much more than that and even if you find yourself in that situation feel free to message me because I'm here for you and I will support you completely but I want you to be safe and I want you to be happy and to respect yourself and even if you have no self-confidence the one thing that I just want you to take with you into every relationship is that you do not deserve to have derogatory comments made towards you because it will it will ruin you please please don't accept that so there you go that was a bit deep but um I would just say yeah name calling in arguments is a real red flag of what could come um something else uh, that I think is maybe somewhat toxic in a relationship is a lack of communication you cannot have a relationship if you can't talk about things if someone um you know is open to discussing their feelings even if they haven't in previous relationships then you can be so much more honest with each other and it builds intimacy to be like I'm feeling worried about this I'm feeling stressed about this or I had a bad day um because of blah 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 your actions have affected me in this way if you can talk about stuff like that your relationship will be so much better like it's it's just it you know you're not meant to read each other's 
minds and I think it's really immature to just sweep things under the rug if there's an issue or you're worried about something like no one's perfect but talking things through is the best way to make your relationship um as fulfilling as it as it can be so yeah I I would say that if you have a partner who not only like hasn't talked talked about things before because that's you know one thing they maybe they've just been in sort of um, uncomfortable relationships but if you try and say to them like I want us to have good communication I want us to be open and honest with each other if we're having problems and they don't um, respect that or they don't participate or when you bring them an issue they just sit there in silence that is a, that's a problem because they I would argue I mean obviously this is quite extreme but I think that it's important to work in extremes to preserve yourself and to preserve your heart and your um, your energy if someone isn't going to talk to you then they don't care enough to talk things through if they cared then they would want to rectify the situation they would want to apologize for their behavior and they would want to change their ways and the same for you but if either of you don't want to do that and you're not interested in it and you're giving each other silent treatment over something and that is that's wrong that is wrong and it's not healthy and it's going to build resentment and it's going to lead to an unhealthy relationship in the long term so don't don't even go there <laughs> um another thing that i would say is sort of like a toxic or red flag is um behavioral and mood swings that go from zero to 100 this is a cycle that will leave you anxious and fearful about when your partner is going to um be happy or when they're going to be in a good mood and i think that um having read i've looked this up online all of this stuff obviously is somewhat my own opinion and experience but i have looked it up online to you know see what see what professionals say uh mood swings and behavioral uh swings like you know they go from happy to angry or they go from really sad to suddenly you're the best person in the world can be a sign of abusive or controlling behavior that will come um as i said before you don't deserve that you deserve so much better and you will be worried and stressed sitting there thinking oh my goodness are they gonna be upset with me oh I can't deal with this like they've been angry for days and now all of a sudden they're happy like what am I meant to feel you don't deserve it and you know there's nothing there's nothing wrong with them having those issues but they need to sort them out by themselves and you can't um allow yourself to get sucked in and potentially the symptoms of their um problems will be control or potentially abuse, physical abuse, verbal abuse, and you really, really don't want that. So if you start to notice that in a relationship, call it out there and then, advise them to get help, or think reconsider whether or not this is someone that you're, you want to be with, because it will really damage you. Um, something else is a, they can't apologise. This is a big one. Um, they can never see they're in the wrong or like again this sort of comes with like gaslighting if they sort of tell you that um you've just been overreacting about something or that they didn't say something so they're not going to apologize it's just a sign of um immaturity and there's a difference between being stubborn like I'm very stubborn so I find it hard I know when I'm wrong and I will always apologize in the end but I find it hard in the moment to be like you're right I'm wrong but that is something that I've been working on a lot so I'm trying to get better at it but there's a difference between being stubborn and you know it taking a while for you to be like yeah I'm sorry and actually 
never saying that they're sorry, constantly thinking that they're right, uh, putting you down if you try and raise issues with them, that is, that's gaslighting and that's toxic and you need, you need to get away. Absolutely get away from it. Another thing, um, is that if a partner doesn't respect your needs and your personal space, then I would say that you probably aren't, you know, you need to talk it through or you're either, or you need to get away from the relationship because if you need lots of time alone or if you don't want any time alone because you just want to spend time with them, if you like to be cuddled a lot or if you just don't really find um, cuddling, you know, great, it doesn't do much for you and you don't want it and your partner disrespects and ignores these needs, then they aren't making an effort with you, you know, it, you you have to tell your partner what you want and what you need out of a relationship don't get me wrong like you can't just expect them to know that you know you don't like them not texting you good morning in the morning or whatever it is you can't just expect them um you need to um state what your needs are you need to say what you want out of the relationship what you need in terms of love and affection uh you know support whatever it is but if they consistently ignore you when you have told them that you need personal space or that you don't really like uh to be cuddled or holding or you don't like to hold hands in public whatever it is yeah if they disrespect those boundaries then I would say ditch them because they aren't mature enough to meet your needs they aren't mature enough to be in a relationship and you deserve fulfillment in your romantic life like you know it you come to the table with things that are non-negotiable and there are some things which have to be negotiable like you know lifestyle things uh in terms of where you might live one day together or you know how how you're going to potentially like juggle chores or whatever it is those are long-term things but the things you bring to the table as a person are your basic needs as a human that need to be met and if they not only don't meet them but are refusing to try and uh, make an effort with you to make you feel loved then you deserve a lot better than that so ditch them (laughs) okay the last thing I have to say about this on this unbelievably long podcast is that if your relationship ends just remember you were able to love someone an unbelievable amount so think about how much you'll love someone else when you're more compatible when you've grown this person when you've healed from the past love and when you've you know when you're willing to set the appropriate boundaries within your relationship like just think about it like it's amazing it is amazing so I would just say I have those are lots of tips and lots of things to think about but yeah if you're going if you're ending a relationship for whatever reason or someone's ended a relationship with you remember how good it was to have them in your life you know remember all the good times that you had together and be grateful that they were able to bring so much joy to your life and just think like imagine imagine when when the person is the right love at the right time imagine how great it will feel and imagine how much you'll grow together and how your life will you know expand and you know spending time with this person that's that's what just the last thing that I want to say end it on a a nice note after thinking about things about toxicity and red flags yeah just just love love the person that you're with and look after them and if that relationship ends then you'll you'll love again yeah 
that's that's just what I wanted to say to end that. Um, I am aware this was an unbelievably long podcast. Maybe I should have split it into two. But anyway, um, it's been absolutely amazing speaking about this. Um, quite a lot that we've covered. I know that as well, even in an hour, like that still is a lot of lot of stuff to talk about. So feel free to, uh, you know, pause, pause or come back to any of the things that we've spoken about. If you're having any worries um, about what I've spoken about, you know, things that maybe you didn't agree with, then send me a message because as I've said, I'm always open to chatting to people and hearing what they have to say. Um, if you're in any toxic situation, please get help. Please, please um, confide in friends, confide in family, uh, seek professional help online. There are lots of helpline numbers that you can find. Um, or if you're just worried about something that I've spoken about, then uh, send me a message if you think that it might apply to you and you want a little bit of advice. I'm not, again, like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a counsellor, I'm not a therapist, but like I might be able to give you a little bit of insight um, or help you ease your mind if you're worried about something. So do let me know. Um, this has been absolutely amazing speaking to you. I have really, really enjoyed this space and talking so freely and openly about relationships and different types of relationships. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. Um, yeah, it's been great. Um, I hope you've had a nice time yourself. Uh, I hope you've had a lot to think about, about your own behaviour, about friends, about family, partners. Um, and I'll see you next time on Afternoon Tea. Thank you.